Hi, I'm Patrick Delahanty, and I'm here to tell the story of Providence Anime Conference. On March 8th, 2007, I proposed the idea for Providence Anime Conference to the New England Anime Society. Um, some of my friends and other Anime Boston staffers, we felt like there was a need for a convention like this where older attendees could hang out with other people uh, we, we, uh, that had, you know, they had kind of felt that cons had gotten too young and that there were the screaming fangirls and the smelly fanboys, uh, the immature behavior, playing duck duck goose in the hallways and, you know, shouting, I lost the game and all this other stuff. And so we thought it was driving people away from conventions, uh, the older, more mature attendees. And so we wanted something that would appeal to those people and uh, draw those people in. And so that's really what gave us the idea for Providence Anime Conference. Um, now, for timing, it was really a process of elimination. Because um, we had Anime Boston in April and May, Porcon Maine was in June, uh, Kineticon in July, another Anime Con, which is actually the name of the convention, that was in October, Bath Con was in November, and then December through March you have winter storms. So we didn't want to have it during winter storms. We didn't want to have it near another convention. So we kind of figured, okay, September. That's really the only time, do August and September were the only times in New England without a con. So we figured, oh, we'll aim for September. And, you know, some of those cons have moved around since then, and even during our planning they moved around, so we moved it to October. Um, in selecting a location, uh, we picked Rhode Island because it had never held an anime con. Uh, and because we had done Anime Boston, in a large city that never had an anime con, we figured, okay, we'll do it in Rhode Island. We'll have the same kind of success. They need a con. Uh, plus, the Rhode Island Convention Center is there, uh, and it's also attached to a mall and a hotel, like the Heinz Convention Center in Boston. Um, the room capacities and the function space uh, available in the Rhode Island Convention Center was really good for a mid-sized convention, and so it seemed like an ideal facility for us to use. And the, uh, the Providence Weston had function space available, but they really only had one large room. So we wouldn't be able to have a main event room and a dealer's room. So we thought, it's not going to work so well. But the convention center is right there next door. We'll go with that. Uh, we talked to them. They gave us decent rates. Sure, let's go. Um, for the name, um, we consider a bunch of things. Um, if there's a convention that's Japanese word con, you know, the, the Katsu con, um, Zenkai con, and Sentai con, and it's something that has a Japanese word and then con, Mika con. The problem is, you say, Mika con, where is it? I mean, it's probably an anime con, given the name, but you, you know nothing else about it. And then, how do you tell the difference between uh, a Kamikon and a Kamikon with one with an E and one with an I? And then, 
it's easy to get all these conventions confused. KomoriCon, is that the one in, on the East Coast? No, that's KatsuCon. So we wanted something that was a little more obvious. Um, and so we went with the city name. Uh, it worked for Anime Boston because uh, when we came up with the name Anime Boston, uh, Megazone had pointed out that it tells you what it is and where it is. It's anime in Boston. So we wanted to do Providence Anime. Uh, and we picked conference instead of convention because I, I thought it gave more of a mature sounding, more of a professional sounding title to the convention. Uh, and we could still abbreviate it con, conference, convention. But uh, it kind of distances us from the assumptions people might have had from Star Trek cons or sci-fi cons. It, was, it, it kind of, I felt it was more mature, so that's why we went with conference, so Providence Anime Conference. Um, so we, I, we thought, okay, this is going to be huge. Everybody's going to love this. Cap the attendance at 2,000, uh, and we figured with the cap, uh, we, we're going to hit that in pre-registration, so we won't even bother telling people about at con registration. We'll, we'll fill up real fast because Anime Boston's got 10,000 people. If we get a fifth of that coming down to Providence, that'll be great. Um, and because there's a lot of cons, especially professional conventions, that are hundreds of dollars, uh, even a lot of fan conventions it started to hit the $100 rate. We figured uh, 75 for the weekend, that's not bad. Uh, so we went with a $75 rate for the membership and then uh, we started it out with $65, but we figured after we hit a certain number of people, I think it was 1,000, then we'd raise the rate. So the first people, hurry up, because if you don't register early, you'll, get it in you'll have to pay more. Um, so yeah, we had it start at 65. Actually, it was 250 people. Then it goes up uh, to 70 for the next 250, and then and so on. Uh, that really seemed to confuse people because they expect convention registrations to go up on a certain date, not when it hits a certain point. And so it's, it's different. Um, so Anime Boston 2007 comes, and because it's run by the New England Anime Society, who also runs Anime Boston, we announced it at Anime Boston 2007. I went out on stage and it's on YouTube and it's very awkward where I announced the convention, everybody's excited, and then for some reason I decided to take five questions from the audience. I can't remember if I had planned to do this in advance or just decided on the spot to do this. I regret that. <laughs> um, not because I didn't think these questions deserved to be answered, but it was just really awkward that a whole convention full of people at closing ceremonies in Anime Boston with questions about this new thing, and I take five. And you know how Q&A goes. It's not great. So anyway, we launched the website right after that and put a frequently asked questions up. And uh, so that, that helped. But there's still a lot of questions about what this will be. And a lot of us weren't really clear on that either. Uh, so it had been announced, it's public knowledge now. Uh, some websites wrote articles about this, like, oh, this sounds great, this. Um, 
and then we spent time staffing up. So we approached some existing Anime Boston staff to see if they're interested in staffing Providence Anime Conference. Um, we, we tried not to have people be executives at both conventions because we were afraid of burnout. We thought if somebody's like a director at both cons, they're gonna have too much to do. So let's avoid that. But in doing so, that really raised uh, some animosity between the staff because people saw it as them being snubbed, like, oh, I'm not good enough to, you don't want me involved with your con? Huh. That's not what we were doing. We were trying to save them the headaches of having to staff two cons at once. Like, planning a first year con is a lot of work. And planning Anime Boston's a lot of work. So, um, in the end, a lot of the Anime Boston staff ended up viewing Providence people as like an elitist clique. And that's not what we wanted. And it was actually a while before we realized that this was happening. So we weren't able to address it for months. Um, meanwhile, we're doing promotion uh, for Providence at other conventions such as Anime Next and I think we were at uh, New York Anime Festival. We had a table at First Night Boston. Uh, it's part of a family-focused anime program on New Year's Eve in Boston. I, and I say family-focused because it's important for what I'll mention later. Uh, we also advertised in Anime Insider, the magazine for kids. Uh, also, we never actually promoted in Rhode Island, not once. We would go down and visit the convention center. We would visit the hotel. Nothing else. We didn't visit any comic shops. We didn't visit any college clubs. Any other just clubs of anime fans. Whatever's there. We never even looked into it. We never did any promotion in Rhode Island. This is before Rhode Island Comic Con too. So that wasn't really an option for us to promote it. Uh, so then a year passes. And we're still planning the con. Uh, it's Anime Boston 2008. This is in uh, April and our conventions in October. And so we had a dealer's room booth at Anime Boston to take pre-registrations and we had asked for a panel so that we could talk and hype up Providence Anime Conference and like really promote it. And the panel ended up being scheduled on Sunday on, at 1 p.m. That's Easter Sunday. The attendance at the panel was, I, I could count everybody on, on, on my fingers. There were probably as many panelists as there were people at the panel. Now, Anime News Network was there, Ain't It Cool News was there at the panel, but not much else. And that was really the first hint that I had that there was a problem. At the time, I wrote it off to, well, it's Easter Sunday, there's not a lot of people at the con, but yeah, it, it'll still be fine. Well, no. Um, right after, well, let me back up a bit. Amy Boston 2008, to a lot of people that were there, will remember this as, quote, line con. There were, let's say, some issues with registration. <laughs> Uh, and it caused very long at-con registration lines. Um, and because 
uh, it was Anime Boston's registration system used the same system as Providence. And because Anime Boston's pre-registration went up late, because it took time to redo from scratch for some reason, um, it also delayed Providence pre-registration from going online. And so Providence, because everything was focused on Anime Boston, Providence pre-registration didn't go online until after Anime Boston. So following Anime Boston 2008, the pre-registration for Providence finally launches, and we waited for that flood of pre-registrations. Well, we waited more. Yeah, they didn't come. <laughs> um, and that's when we realized we had a really big problem. Um, so the chairman of Providence Anime Conference at the time was also the head of Anime Boston's registration. Remember what I said earlier about trying to avoid um, being burnt out? It didn't work because he was head of registration for Anime Boston and head of Providence Anime Conference. He got burned out. And because of all the issues and the headache with dealing with Anime Boston registration and the long lines and taking a lot of the uh, the the blame for what happened there he resigned from providence so now we've got a convention with uh clearly issues with people registering and no chairperson so in the meantime mara the vice chair took over and eventually christian who was head of the exhibits in the dealer's room he took over as chair and had to kind of figure out how to write this ship, this sinking ship. Um, there was a lot of thought given to try to figure out what to do about the lack of attendance. Um, the guest booking continued, but it changed because instead of looking for academic guests and industry, we really just needed names. We needed names people would recognize that would get butts in seats and kind of butts in seats became our motto. That's really all we were trying to do. So we went with uh, uh, Chris Ayers was booked because he's a director and a voice actor so he could talk to both parts of that so it's kind of two for one and he, he runs some great panels uh, but we uh, like we wanted more academic names but we really we knew we couldn't afford them anymore uh, and so we had to go with bigger names uh, and we also eliminated all pre-registration price increases. We got rid of that confusing system uh, just to try to get more people in. But we couldn't lower the price because then we'd have to give refunds to people who'd already pre-registered. And if that lower price didn't attract more people, then we're just giving away money. So we decided, okay, we'll just keep the price at $65 and hopefully more people will come. Um, there was the budget for promoting the con, but it didn't really get spent. Um, as I mentioned, we had the ad in Anime Insider, which is aimed at kids. So it's not a great place to have a 21 plus con advertised. Um, there were also plans to get transit ads together, like on buses and trains, uh, and a bunch of other PR plans, but uh, our head of PR moved to Alaska 
to pursue a law degree. And so none of that really got done. And so there's a, uh, a last minute scramble to get the word out, but it was really too late. And our biggest opportunity would have been promoting Anime Boston, but we just, uh, we've lost that opportunity. And so then we started looking at like, should we just cancel this thing? And we realized it was actually less expensive for us to have the convention and have nobody show up than to cancel both the hotel and the convention center contracts because they were guaranteed so much income. And so if we cancel, we get no money in and have to refund people and have to pay them. But if we have the show, then it would actually cost us less and we'd have you know a few hundred bucks, <laughs> hopefully. And uh, so we had to move forward. Uh, one problem was the, the Hilton or the Holiday Inn Hotel next to the convention center undercut the Westin's rates. So a lot of people who came, uh, they on our, used the forums and they found everybody else to say, oh yeah, book at the Holiday Inn, it's cheaper. And it was like a lot cheaper. So we weren't filling many Westin rooms at all, which meant uh, we, we had promised to fill a certain number of rooms because we hadn't met that, we were obligated to pay them so much. And so fortunately they were nice and they understood and they let us spend a certain amount on food and beverage to help meet that attrition clause. Um, we couldn't buy alcohol with it, but food and drink, uh, non-alcoholic drinks, that could all be put towards that. Um, so the convention starts on October 3rd, 2008. And uh, it was actually surprising how much people loved it. Uh, except for the dealers. The dealers were not happy. In fact, one dealer was offered a Saturday night hotel room uh, because we had plenty of extra. Uh, and so he decided to stay an extra day because we gave him that room. Uh, and the halls were really empty uh, at Providence, but the panel rooms and the video rooms were very well attended. We had, we, we were praised for some of the panel programming we had, which was you know, not just screaming fans, but stuff that actually makes you think, like really informative panels. Uh, the video rooms, normally at cons these days, they're empty because you can watch all the stuff at home. This is even before Crunchyroll. Uh, but we were showing stuff like Penguin Memories, uh, which is not readily available and people loved. We had uh, uh, Penguin Memories, I think that was a, uh, a penguin that has, is suffering from PTSD. And it was <laughs> really weird, but everybody was like, oh my God, I love that, I wanna see more of that. Um, for, for the programming, I was actually director of programming. And uh, one of the things we wanted was, like, we wanted uh, everybody to come together and, and enjoy each other's company. We didn't want any sort of animosity. So we didn't want any real competition. So we wanted like a costume exhibit. We wanted, uh, so we did a like an exhibition masquerade where everybody's just showing off their stuff and uh, it's not a contest. Um, but because there's so few people at the con, we had scheduled, I don't know, 90 minutes or something. We only had like seven minutes of entries. <laughs> so 
myself and some of the other staff made our own skit to enter to try to just kill time. Uh, we did a lip sync of uh, a scene from Dr. Horrible and I played uh, Captain Hammer. We had another staff member playing Dr. Horrible, somebody else played Penny. And we did the whole freeze ray scene and so we, we lip synced that and it was fun. It was killing time. Um, because this was a 21 plus con, there was there were drinks served and uh, there were bars available in the evening. We had a tiny dance floor, but we really didn't need it to be bigger. Uh, so there was some dancing going on, but people could come in, come to the bar, get a drink, and bring it to a panel or a video screening. And so everybody's just walking around, drinking hands, having a good time. And the bartenders did not water them down at all. <laughs> I mean, I expected, oh, convention center, I'm paying 10 bucks for this drink. They were reasonably priced. And they were potent, so <laughs> I think they might have felt sorry for us. Um, so we had extreme. A lot of people played that and with drink in hand. Um, State of the industry panel. We had David Williams from ADV and Kevin McKeever from uh, Robotech. We had Chris Beveridge from InMeOnDVD.com. Now it's the Fandom Post. Uh, we had Adam Sheehan from Funimation at the, at the time he was at Funimation. So the con ha the feedback panel, I remember, I, I was trying to drag out any negative things people had to say about the con. I'm like, everybody just keeps saying, oh, I love this, oh, I love this, oh, this was great. Uh, the, the only complaints people had were uh, so everybody saying, there needs to be more people. I'm like, well, yeah, we know. <laughs> Bring friends. Uh, the other complaint I think we heard, it was something about the manga library, like, I think somebody was talking in the manga library at one point, and that was it. That was like the main complaint of the con. <laughs> like, come on, tell us what's wrong, because we thought maybe we'll do it again. We want to know what we have to fix for next time. What crazy ideas do we have that didn't work? Like, nobody complained about the tiny dance floor. Nobody complained that, that the masquerade didn't have prizes. Uh, yeah, people just like, we, this needs to be promoted more. More people need to know about this. Yeah. Uh, and then the convention's over and the staff retires to the dead dog party. And let me tell you, because of this attrition clause, and we had essentially money to burn that we had guaranteed we'd spend at the hotel, we had so much food. Um, you can see here, there's a picture of a salad that was available. <laughs> uh, there, there was uh, a menu that was just amazing. It's like their top tier stuff. Soup du jour, there's a Caesar salad, mixed fields greens, and uh, prime rib au jus, chicken piccata, farm-raised sea bass with watercress cream. And this is what we were serving to the staff at the dead dog party. I mean, usually cons would be like, all right, here we got a plate of chicken nuggets. Here, oh, it's pizzas for everybody. We've got like <laughs> the finest meal in town because we had the money, to, we had to pay. So it's like, all right, we'll get some really good stuff. Every staff member had their own room. Instead of having to squeeze in four people to a room, it's like, all right, we got all these rooms. Everybody gets their own. Um, 
And usually there's the policy like, oh yeah, no non-staff in rooms. We're like, yeah, if you want to bring somebody down, bring them. We just need butts in seats. <laughs> so, uh, um, and then the morning after, um, there was a breakfast buffet for all the staff. Usually, dead dog party's over, everybody goes home, that's all. We kept the food coming. So we sent, everybody stayed on Sunday night, Monday morning, they went home with full bellies from a huge breakfast buffet. And so the legacy of Providence Anime Conference, uh, uh, we've got so much praise for this con, this con that failed. Um, Peter Cohen from Macworld at the time wrote, if all the people who had asked me about Providence Anime Conference had actually gone to it, it would have been a financial success. Uh, Kevin McKeever said, while pack attendance was low, it was a landmark event as con people still ask me about it and want to know more. Mike Toole says, it was a hell of an idea, I must admit, a 21 plus convention geared towards academic discussion and creative programming. Ain't It Cool News says, there's an extent which thinking and learning about anime manga becomes as much part of the hobby as actually consuming the media. In addressing that, Pack brilliantly succeeded in filling a niche in the conventional landscape. Reverse Thieves wrote, I really liked Providence Anime Conference. I don't think I w it was able to live up to all its ideals, but Pack did a good amount of what it wanted to do in only its first year. I saw no attention whores in the hallways. Most everyone asked intelligent and thoughtful provoking questions at panels and I mean it goes on and on a weekly anime review says it was a great convention we had a blast really hope to see more cons like this in the future uh, and so everywhere I looked people were writing praise for this convention which was a financial disaster uh, I think it was years that uh, the New England Anime Society uh, had to deal with the financial burden that this event caused. Um, so I, a lot of people were saying, that like, oh, I would have gone if I knew about it. Yes, if we just promoted. Um, so right now, the Providence Anime Twitter account currently has 1,371 Twitter followers, and it hasn't tweeted since 2009. If every one of those people or bots had actually come to PAC, it would have been a financial success and it would have kept going. But uh, kind of the legacy lives on in the form of two other conventions that have actually cited PAC as their inspiration in some way. Uh, this Sangawa Project and uh, the relaunch of Ushikon. Uh, Sangawa Project, I think, is in Pennsylvania and Ushikon's in Texas. Uh, also, Anime Boston has since added a 21 plus lounge and academic programming. So, yeah, some of the stuff we tried has clearly been a success and influenced other events. Um, but yeah, we did learn a lot at Providence. Um, really, it's hope for the best and plan for the worst when it comes to finances. Um, the biggest mistake we made was. Uh, making assumptions of the attendance based on an established convention. At that point, Anime Boston had been around for uh, five years, and it 
it was in a town where we heavily promoted and they had been dying for conventions. But, you know, running this later, it didn't work out. We should have planned for something smaller. Uh, also, read contracts carefully, especially with room blocks, because we just gleefully assumed we'd have tons of people, it wouldn't be a problem. And we also didn't plan that the Holiday Inn would undercut us in those hotel rates. Uh, we wouldn't have filled the room block anyway, but it wouldn't have hurt so much. Um, and don't, don't uh, stress the staffers too thin with uh, two cons worth of work, because that, that bit us too. Um, by not opening the pre-registration before Enemy Boston 2008, we didn't realize until too late that there was going to be an attendance problem. Uh, if we had known, we could have done more promotion at Enemy Boston. And uh, we should have followed through on plans to uh, promote the event and get the attention the event, uh, the, get the event the attention it needed. Um, could something like this succeed now? Uh, I think the internet would help promote. If we get that out on Facebook now. Um, but there's too many cons. There's already places people can go. The older attendees, I think it's less of a problem now because there's more and more people going to more and more cons. I, I don't think it's the issue that it was when we first started, like with screaming fangirls and people misbehaving. There's just more people. And so the, the vocal uh, youth kind of get drowned out. There's more like-minded individuals. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it would succeed now. Uh, I know it'd still be a lot of fun. I'd go. Um, I don't know if I'd put it in Providence though. But uh, so that's the story of Providence Anime Conference, how it came to be, and what happened. I uh, hope you've enjoyed. If you have any questions about Providence Anime Conference, I'd be happy to answer them. Uh, you can email us at podcast at animecons.tv or leave us a voicemail. Uh, if you were at Providence, we would love to hear from you. Both of you. <laughs> I think the, attendance, the final attendance is uh, around 300 people. So uh, You can call our voicemail line at 762-ADEQUATE. That's 762-233-7828. And, uh, yeah, would you go to a con like this? Let's hear. Let's see if it would succeed now. And uh, thanks for watching. See you next time.